Welcome into A to Z Sports Powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan in today uh, and this week for Zach Bingham. Uh, make sure you follow us all over social media because we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on our Twitter timeline, also our Instagram and TikTok uh, to follow us there. What we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys. With Wilson County Hyundai, check them out and make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage rates and service. Get a health plan for you at FBHP.com slash ATOZ and Hughes and Coleman injury lawyers. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation at 800-800-4600. Sam, I always ask Zach because we always do the post-game show and then flip around less than 12 hours later and do our morning show on a Monday. Did you feel any differently or how did you feel when you woke up after sleeping on the Titans win over the Washington Commanders uh, after uh, doing the post-game show yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I uh, We talked about this a little bit on the post-game show, but I've really had this feeling of, and I wrote about it on A2ZSports.com uh, on the website, but an overwhelming optimism, I think, this week about the Titans that I don't think was there uh, in the weeks prior. And uh, seeing that three-game win streak going into the bye has really given me a sense of optimism towards where the Titans could be headed and there's been a lot to pick apart and a lot to complain about and a lot to criticize the Titans for. Uh, but just hearing everybody speak after the game yesterday, really diving into some of those quotes, some of the numbers, really feeling a sense of optimism for the Titans being in first place in the AFC South uh, and heading into a bye week where you hope they can finally correct some of the things that they have struggled with in terms of health and in terms of game planning, some of these different things. Uh, but a, a much different tune for me than I think I was even after Indianapolis when they played a pretty similar game where I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know how sustainable all of this is. And I still don't know if it's sustainable, but I'm choosing to take the viewpoint of positivity going into the bye week. I don't want to be sitting here going into the bye week, dwelling on everything that went wrong. And I'm sure we will get into some of those things throughout the week as it transpires, but it's victory Monday. And I want to celebrate a victory and celebrate first place in the division. So that was my takeaway this morning. Just waking up in first place, Titans fans, got to feel pretty good. And so optimistic from listening to the players and Mike Vrabel talk about it. Is that what you're thinking? Because I've seen so many negative things from the fans <laughs> after the game. Like look, Caleb Farley, the offensive line sucks, can't score points, no weapons. The defense gives up a, a million passing yards. You know, I, you know, I've seen those things from the fans, but you're talking about from the players. Well, I mean, it, that is, yeah, it's from the players. I, the fans have every reason to be upset too. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, you shouldn't be complaining. You can't point out the negative things with this team because there's a lot that went wrong and they should be looking to get better. But I do think that there is a sense of somehow with all that has gone wrong, they're still in their position that they're in. And they have an opportunity to correct those makes moving forward. I loved, I loved, and it's in my article uh, that I mentioned on A to Z Sports. I loved what Kevin Byard had to say when he talked about the Titans culture 
being stronger than some of the adversity that they faced. And that Titans culture is about facing that adversity and seeing how you respond. And to this point, to their credit, the Titans have responded each and every time they faced adversity so far this year and given me reason to believe they will continue to find a way until they don't. And so until they do that, and until all of these mistakes that we are all aware of start to really bite them in the butt in the scoreboard, enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's three and two. Enjoy it while it's first place and hope for the best, especially with two weeks to get right. Yeah. Uh, Nate says, Fat Randy, Titans should be four and one. Uh, Let's see some more. Uh, Karen says, Love Sam's positive attitude. Mitchell says, Sam is delusional. (laughs) And then I do see... Uh, Kevin, damn, 46 yard missed field goal away from four and one. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's I don't, the reality. I don't love doing that either, though. I will say, yeah. like, the, that it's easy to be like, oh, you're a kick away from four and one because you are. I mean, the, the spin zone of that is you are one play away from David Long not intercepting Carson yeah. Wentz and a two point conversion away from being two and two and an overtime game with the Raiders, right? And right. maybe yep. being two and three. So, I mean, football comes down to one play and, and, you know, winning in the margins is a big part of what goes into your record. So, yes, Randy makes that kick. You're four and one right now, assuming everything else goes the way it did. But they've also put themselves in a position where, you know, the margin of error is this, this small, right? And they can't, they can't afford to make any mistakes. And if they do, uh, if they do make mistakes, we're in a different world. But so far they have. Uh, pulled through in those tight games. Yeah, and uh, another good stat that is absolutely spot on. Titans Kyle says the Titans win 67% of the one-score games under Vrabel. It might not be pretty, but that's a reason to be optimistic. And if you want to go at uh, 67%, it's up this year. They've played four one-score games so far this year, and they have won 75% of those, right? So, yes, uh, you know, Randy Bullock's missed field goal makes you wishing and thinking this could be differently, but the Titans got some... Uh, some some breaks to go their way at the end of the other games too. But here's Mike Vrabel after that game yesterday talking about uh, the Titans winning three in a row. We took it uh, pretty good against Buffalo on a Monday night, came back on a short week, and you know we found a way to win three games in a row. Uh, so I think that this bye week is going to be a great opportunity for us to catch our breath and uh, get some guys healthy. We got some guys that play a lot of football for us um, just because they have to, and uh, you know we need to take care of them. So Mike Vrabel's uh, absolutely right. A lot of guys are struggling going through those games, and we've seen Christian Fulton a few weeks ago fight through an injury against the Raiders and have to play uh, through it. We've seen Danico Autry go out with a back and having to play through that as well, uh, and and guys just playing a lot of tough football there at the end, and hopefully uh, for the Titans' sake, they can get some of these guys healthy <clears throat> after the bye week when they welcome the Indianapolis Colts back to town. So Sam, Uh, You've talked a lot of positivity. Let's continue that by asking this question to everybody and get the chat more involved. What do the Titans do best right now? What that's the simple question. What do the Titans do best right now as a three and two heading into the bye week But first, let me tell you guys about the bone and joint Institute. I know what they do best. They help you get back to health. They help you recovery, whether it's you need a surgery or don't need a surgery, whether you Need physical therapy? They've got that there at their state-of-the-art facility in Franklin and all of their specialists that specialize in any type of injury you could possibly think of or have when it comes to sports or just daily life when you get hurt. That's unfortunate. It happens. But turn to the Bone and Joint Institute and they'll help you get back. They did it with me 
this summer with my foot, plantar fasciitis, feeling good now. A few months later, thanks to Dr. Jeff Watson, we've talked about turf toe with Dr. Durr last week with Traylon Burks. They've got you covered, boneandjointtn.org. And today's show is brought to you by BetMGM. If you're looking to get involved in sports betting this football season, BetMGM is the place to be, right? Uh, that's where I go. That's where Austin goes. We were talking about it on the post-game show yesterday and during the game. We had a couple Titans bets going that were uh, pretty successful for us along the way. And right now, BetMGM is giving you a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. You make a deposit and you use promo code ATOZ Sports on BetMGM. That's risk-free. So if you're looking to get involved, it's it's easy to kind of be like, wow, well, well, you know, I don't want to to lose any money and kind of get cold feet with getting involved with sports betting. Risk-free is the best way to do it, and it's up to $1,000 on BetMGM with promo code ATOZ Sports on any pro football bet. You can do it today, Monday Night Football. There's still time to get involved in Week 5 action, so if you have a bet you want to place, uh, do it on BetMGM.com or the BetMGM app. All right, Sam Phelan is in for Zach Bingham today. Zach will be back on Thursday, uh, but that's when I will head out for the weekend. But a uh, great week coming up with a lot of Sam, our Titans reporter for A2ZSports.com, uh, filling in this week. So the question we asked, and Sam, I'll send you to the chat. What do the Titans do best right now? I see some jokes like give me give people ulcers. But what do the Titans do best right now as they're 3-2 and two on a three-game win streak going into a bye? Yeah, seeing a lot of answers right here. Let's see, we've got uh, we've got about a lot of Stonehouse. I'm seeing yeah. uh, this team is resilient, but uh, how long can that last? Uh, let's see what else we got here. They find a way to win. Derrick Henry stopping the run. Here's a fun one. Raise my anxiety level. They yeah. do tend to do that each and every week. Uh, the defensive line uh, find a way to win. Big King Henry. Stonehouse, uh, red zone scoring, punt coverage. There's a lot of different answers here, Austin. A lot of people with different opinions. Good in the red area from Orlando. Uh, surviving for from Christine. That's a good answer. Uh, complimentary football from Mark Jones. You guys are getting creative today. Got a lot and of. So I hear answers. a bunch of people that have been listening to Mike Vrabel talk for four years. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Jabu says, uh, "Give me brain ulcers." Uh, <laughs> Team play is my answer. Offensive line is the best, with probably a little bit of sarcasm yeah, behind that yeah. from uh, from Jake. Uh, play as a team from Pat. Just win, baby, from Roy. I think that's a good one to end on here. My answer, Austin, this is yeah. the thing that I kept coming back to. Uh, when you first posed this, and I haven't seen what you think they do best or whatever the stats suggest that they do best, according to you. But my takeaway from the last couple games that I have been overly impressed with is their red zone defense really, really jumps out to me, really jumps out to me. I've mentioned the, they give up big plays and they've given up big touchdowns. I have loved the way the Titans have seemingly responded in close games, specifically in the red zone with their backs against the wall. They've done a terrific job of bending, not breaking. So I went and checked. That Raiders game, the Raiders were two of six converting on touchdowns in the red zone. And then Washington 0 for 0 of one, only one red zone trip yesterday. And of course, uh, it was David Long with an interception on the goal line. I've just been really impressed with their ability to answer. And when they 
teams start knocking on the door. They create turnovers. They create stops. They bend. They don't break. And I think it's helped them hang on in these second halves when their offense hasn't showed up. That is something that I think they are doing elite right now when I look at the Titans. Not even really looking at the numbers or where they stack up in the league. That's my gut reaction of I'm really impressed with what they're able to do in the red zone on both sides of the football, but specifically on defense. I think they answer the bell really well when they need to. Yeah, here's David Long talking about uh, the big plays they came up with yesterday in the red zone. David, you guys have had a handful of goal line stands late in games yeah. to win over the last few years. Where does that resolve come from? Um, I just think that that just says a lot about us, man. Hard nose, you know, blue collar, you know, and just never panic, you know. Uh, that just showed there, you know, over – I can – we can bring up a lot of games where it just came down to that, that last – even this year, you know, it comes down to that last drive or that last series, you know, and somebody has to make a play, you know. So, um, offense, you know, made plays. They got us some points on the board. You know, we just had to, you know, uh, finish it off, you know, when we did. So, there's David Long who made the play yesterday, Sam. And, and it's interesting because the Titans defense has had at least one red zone stop uh, in every game they've played in. And if you want to go back uh, to the game against the Raiders where they had to get the two-point conversion – after Matt Collins did score a touchdown. Like, they're not perfect in the red zone when it comes to defense. It's really hard uh, to be a, an elite red zone defense, but the Titans are pretty damn close to it. So the title of today's show is the Titans are elite in two areas, and that's got them at three at three straight wins. Red zone defense is one of them. They're right. really freaking good. So, Sam, we go. you, you guessed one of them right. I don't know if you're trying to do that, but that is one of them because they have given up four big touchdowns this year through five games, one to Washington or two to Washington, 75 yards and 30 yards, one to Buffalo, 46 yards, and one to the Giants uh, for 50 plus or for 65 yards there to Sterling Shepard. But again, listen to all these field goals that they forced in the red zone. One Colts, three against the Raiders, and then one against the Bills. So it doesn't matter uh, where the, the Titans defense is at. They might give up a lot of yards. But when it gets down into the tight areas and you're playing defense in a phone booth, that's what the Titans are best at. So as long as you can eliminate big-time touchdowns, because if you look at the big-time touchdowns, they've given up four in, in five games. Two of them happened yesterday. They won that. But the other ones happened in games they lost. And, and if it, they could it, avoid big-time touchdowns, they'd be in a lot better shape. Yeah, and I loved what David Long said, too, about making a play. And that's kind of been the story of this defense is finding a way to make a play and somebody's stepping up and you look at that Raiders game and it's Kevin Byard with an interception in the end zone. And then you come back and on the two point conversion, you've got Dylan Cole making the play of the day to save the game. And then David Long does the same thing uh, right, right on the goal line there, getting a, getting an interception as well. They found a way to make a play when it mattered most. And that is kind of the defining factor of this defense so far, a banged up defense at that is that the next man up has kind of found a way to change the game with making a play. It wasn't in the red zone, but Tier Tart's interception, I saw Tier Tart mentioned in the chat just a yeah. little bit ago. Tier Tart's interception was another example of that game was spiraling on the Titans in a lot of ways, where it was kind of like, oh boy, here we go. Here come the Colts. And then Tier Tart's able to just change the game with one play. Uh, and that has felt like the MO of the Titans defense so far, specifically in the red zone, but all throughout making a play when it matters most, and they've you know, been able to ride that to a three-game win streak now. 
Yeah, and this isn't new. Like, the Titans' defense has been great in the red zone under Mike Vrabel now for basically his entire tenure. The 2018 season feels like forever ago, and I can't remember specific instances from that, but I do go back uh, to a game against the then San Diego Chargers where Jarrell Casey and Wesley Woodyard made a big goal line stop uh, in Jeffrey Simmons' first game of as an NFL player in Nissan Stadium in 2019. And you go to the New England Patriots wildcard game later on that same season where Sean Evans and Daquan Jones and other guys make big plays there on the goal line. David Long Jr. has been a part of a bunch of – it's not just – Red zone defense, it's short yarded situations because yep. they were they, they're great in fourth and short. They got a fourth and short stop uh, yesterday against Washington that we forget about because the Titans kind of wasted it on offense. But again, the defense, when it comes to short yardage, you got to feel good about them. And Mark Jones brings up the Bills game on Monday Night Football from last season when Josh Allen slipped, but really Jeff Simmons blew it up. And so this Titans defense in short yards and red zone, they're absolutely elite in that. Well, and you can't tell me that they're not. Turn on the games and watch those guys make plays in short yarded situations and on goal line stands. Yeah, I mean, it's a big reason why, you know, Washington was one for 11 on third down yesterday. That that short yardage defense comes in uh, to play. I do want to say, too. Steve said Tart's having a great year. Xavier said Tart leads the team in pass breakups. Think about that. That goes along with what I was saying, though, right? It wasn't just the David Long interception on the goal line that won them that game. There were two downs that the Titans defense got stops from the two-yard line in order to set up that interception to happen. Yeah. One of them was dropping Tier Tart into coverage to break up a pass, you know, right on the goal line that with the game on the line. So that's been this defense is like, if you would have told me they read Tier Tart dropping into coverage, trying to guard, I don't even know who it was, but <laughs> a two-yard like slant, to, and she needs to come up with a pass breakup in order for the Titans to win, I would have been like, I don't know about this one. But they found a way to make the plays, and Tier Tart's, yeah, he has had an excellent year, and so have a couple big playmakers on the Titans' defense to kind of make up for missing five starters. Austin, I wrote that in the article yesterday. They're playing without five defensive starters, still coming up with the amount of big plays and big-time moments uh, that this defense has so far. The X plays are a problem, a big yeah. problem. The secondary is a problem, but that's pretty impressive. When you factor in there are five guys that would be out there that they're now having to do the next man up approach with, and they're coming through. Yeah, and I'll take your missing five starters even further. The Titans have had 20 different players who have started a game on defense in five games. Yeah. So they've almost had two completely different starting defenses in five weeks. Because your boy Josh Kalou became the 20th yeah. starter uh, for the defense. Uh, and it, I mean, it, it has been a revolving door, right, at, the, at that uh, secondary, especially once Hooker went down. I was like, all right, here comes Adams. Here comes Kalou. Here comes Terrence Mitchell. Here comes Farley. They put Trey Avery out there. They've It's been a, you know, throw it at the wall, see what sticks type of approach so far. And a lot of it hasn't stuck. But some of these guys, I mean, he is what he is, but credit to Dylan Cole for the way that he, I thought I felt like he stepped up yeah. being out there without Zach Cunningham and, and him playing at least 
solid, right? I mean, he made that huge play, and then I thought he was awesome against uh, the Colts. He was kind of everywhere for them, making tackles, making plays against Indianapolis. So, yeah, cr- credit to this defense for short yardage, for third down, and especially for the red zone and that bend-don't-break mentality they bring to the table. Yeah, and uh, Kayla brings up, uh, it's sad that they're on pace to break the 91 players use record set last year. I think, Sam, I think Des Fitzpatrick is number 62 of this year. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think John Glennon tweeted there was a, another handful of four or five Titans to make debuts that, that put them way up there. I, I can find the exact number. Maybe, yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's higher than that because I do th- – I. I thought I remembered 61 coming into the game. Uh, and then I know Des Fitzpatrick made his season debut. So I, I think that's where they're at. But uh, yeah, it's 64. Uh, Sam Okwanu, Monty Rice, LaRaven Clark, and Des Fitzpatrick oh made God. their Titans debut yesterday. Uh, so they have now used 64 players through five weeks. Five weeks, 64 players. Yes. Insane. That comment is correct. That is sad. That is unfortunate. It is because that's more than where they were at five weeks into last season. So crazy. All right. So I've already said, and then your Elijah Molden's coming back. That's going to be 65. (laughs) And then uh, Ray Math will be back at some point. So now you're up to 66 uh, before you even, uh, you know, add anybody else that gets hurt. Uh, after that one. So crazy there. A to Z sports here live on this Monday, Sam Phelan in for Zach Bingham today. Uh, so I- I've talked about the one area the Titans are elite in and that's red zone defense. I do have the second area. The Titans are elite in that have helped them win three games in a row. But first let me tell everybody about farm bureau health plans, plan on farm bureau health plans for health, dental and vision. Zach Bingham's done it and he saved 20% monthly on his rate for his health coverage and you can potentially do the same all you got to do is go to fbhp.com slash atoz that's fbhp.com slash atoz farm bureau health plans have served tennesseans for now 75 years this year so congrats and golf clap all around to the farm bureau health plans family uh, and you can join them as well over 200 locations across the state. So it's really easy to get a hold of them. You can either walk into one of those locations to get a quote, call them, Zoom with them, whatever it is. They've got you covered at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is brought to you by BetMGM, and they have a pro football risk-free bet up to $1,000. So I, I like to uh, in, get involved with BetMGM every weekend, whether it's college football Saturday or especially when they offer great promos like this. I like to do it on uh, pro football Sundays as well. And with the promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app, you can get a risk-free bet on any pro football bet up to $1,000. Whatever amount it is, you place the bet. If it doesn't hit, They'll refund and credit your account back that same amount so that you can place another bet if you want to. You can get multiple chances at it. That's the best way to start sports betting or start, uh, you know, just sprinkling something on the Monday night football game or the Thursday night football game or whatever you want to do. Primetime games have been atrocious this year. They're not fun to watch. The under hits basically every time. So I don't know, maybe just uh, put some money on the primetime under and let it sit there. And then if it does not hit, 
you get to watch a fun game of football and it's risk-free if you use promo code ATOZ sports on the BetMGM app. So that is a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with that promo code. Especially, uh, Sam, your Bears and uh, those commanders we watched yesterday yeah. on Thursday night primetime. I, I love that Prime. we... I love that it was like the preemptive we're watching a bad game of football with the Colts Broncos. And we're just talking about how miserable we're going to be next week, watching (laughs) another bad game of football. It's like they couldn't even wait for the week five to end to be like, man, this game kind of sucks. It it was like, Hey, you think this is bad. Just Just wait, wait. just wait till bears commanders next week. Cause that one, that's going to be ugly. That is for sure. Yep. All right, so Sam, the Titans are elite. And, and hey, how about this? A perfect time to reset because MF Loco on YouTube says, what two areas was it? I missed it. Well, here you go. The first one is the Titans are elite when it comes to red zone defense and forcing teams to kick field goals or getting a big-time turnover like they did yesterday with David Long. The second one is red zone offense. So it's both sides of the football inside the 20 the Titans are elite at. And this is actually tangible. The Titans are the number one scoring offense in the red zone in the NFL. They have scored touchdowns on 12 of 13 possessions in the red zone this year. One more time. 12 of 13 uh, touchdowns scored in the red zone this year. And then they kicked the field goal. So that's 100% scoring in the red zone this year. Uh, And if really, if scoring touchdowns uh, in the red zone this year, they're right there with Randy Bullock kicking a field goal against the Giants, the only time they didn't score a touchdown in the red zone. So the only problem, Sam, is that they only have 13 trips in the red zone in five games. No, yeah, it's something they've done really well, something that they've emphasized in practices and stuff too. Uh, and I, I, it makes sense, right? Because all, the story has been a dominant first half where it's like touchdown drive, touchdown drive, touchdown drive. And then when they're not scoring, it's not like they're getting into drives and then just stalling out. It's just there's no offense at all. It's just like when when the offense isn't working, it's not because they're not clicking in the red zone. It's just they never get into the drive to begin with. And if the Titans can find ways to get into those drives and get down the field, get into plus territory, that's where they've had success. And credit to uh, everybody involved, Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill for – uh, Tannehill for his efficiency down there uh, and, and lack of turnovers in the red zone. That's been huge for, for that statistic as well. And then obviously Derrick Henry and just what he's been able to do uh, of carrying them down there, getting them in a, a good spot where I think a lot of the touchdowns have either come from Derrick Henry or from a direct decoy to Derrick Henry on a, a play action and like the dump off to Jeff Swaim or faking the pass and giving it out to Dontrell Hilliard as we saw yesterday. So That's where they've been great. They just have to find a way to now make those more frequent and get into those drives more consistently. Absolutely. You're making me clear my throat (laughs) there on that. But yeah, Derrick Henry has five touchdowns so far this season. All of them uh, were coming from inside the red zone uh, so far this year. Ryan Tannehill has five touchdown passes and one touchdown run uh, all in the red zone. The only touchdown, here's, here's the other problem. There's two problems with this is that they only average 2.6 red zone possessions per game. You just stack on more of those and maybe you get a lot more points. And then the second problem is they only have one touchdown scored this year that was not in the red zone. And that was a 23-yard catch from Dontrell Hilliard uh, in the New York Giants game. So 
that's the whole lack of explosive ability there and just not having a game breaker. Derrick Henry has shown he's got the capability of doing that. I think Dontrell Hilliard looks, you can watch him and say, yeah, that guy can break a big run, whether it or catch 30, 40 yard touchdowns. Uh, and then outside of that, like who's, who's that guy that's just going to yak you to death and score touchdowns or just blow by people. That's where you're missing Traylon Burks and Racy McMath, even NWI, you know, he had a chance there in that 60 yard completion, but, he got touched down at the end, couldn't keep his feet there at the end of it to, to get a big-time touchdown right there uh, for the Titans, an explosive play, but that helped the red zone scoring stats. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? How often can you hit those big ones to get yourself on the goal line? <clears throat> yeah, and somebody wow. asked there, uh, how, why, how is, why come Robert Woods is not that? That's just not the player. Yeah, it's never really Robert been Woods Robert is- Woods maybe back when he was really young, but Robert Woods, and this is what my expectation of was, was of him coming in is he's more of a win a one-on-one, get the ball out quickly. It's an opportunity for Ryan Tannehill to get timing routes and slants and and just get the ball out of his hands fast. That's what Robert Woods is. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at Robert Woods stats. I'm just going to list off his long catches of seasons. Like he had, he had a couple years in LA where he was over a thousand yards. Uh, one year in 2018, he had 86 catches. His long catch was 39 yards. The next year, he had 90 catches, and the long catch was 48 yards. Now he had uh, in 2017, he had a 94 yard play, but that's by far the outlier because that might be the only play that Robert Woods has had in his career over 60 yards. Because 57. He's had seasons where 37, 37, 34, 39, and 28 were his long plays of the year. So he's never been a big play guy, but he's always, you know, he's averaged 12 yards a catch over his career, and he's got a 41-yard catch this season. It's just that's not his play set. That's not his skill set there. Neither is it for Kyle Phillips. Uh, Austin Hooper's had some big plays back when he was with the Falcons a lot younger in his career, but it's not that right now for what he's done in, in Nashville. No, these are guys that are supposed to make them more efficient on third down, right? That's kind of what Kyle Phillips and Robert Woods are individually is guys that can win one-on-one matchups and be targets on third down. And Austin Hooper is supposed to be a big target that Ryan Tannehill can turn to on third down. They haven't found a ton of chemistry yet. I don't know what's going on with Kyle Phillips. I don't know if it's still injury that he's not working into the offense quite as much as he was I'll to tell begin you. the year. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead and tell me. The offensive line sucks. Yeah, so I mean, it's, so, it's, hard, so there's it's no... hard to go small on wide receiver, right? right? Yeah, yeah, so the, the offensive line's terrible, and so you have to keep an extra blocker in, and so that exactly. means Kyle Phillips stays on the sideline. Yeah, it's a, that's why we've gotten the heavy dose of Cody Hollister, Jeff Swaim, all these different guys, because that is their block-first team. Uh, and they've kind of needed all the help they can get. That's why I brought up Hassan Haskins the other day. But yeah, these are Ryan Tannehill's third down guys. And what's unfortunate is now you have Ryan Tannehill's two downfield big play guys in Traylon Burks and Racy McMath on the shelf. And so when you look at the wide receiver core, you look at, yeah, who does he throw to down the field? Luckily, yesterday it was Nick Westbrook-Akine hitting the big home run play, which set up the touchdown but you have to find those more frequently as good as they are in the red zone. Good NFL offenses nowadays have explosive offenses. I'd like, do you watch the Buffalo bills game yesterday? 
I mean, no, I didn't because I was locked Gabe, in. I'm, well, I mean, did you? I don't know if you got the chance to see it back. There was a point in time in the first quarter, Gabriel Davis had two catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. That was yeah, his I did see line. that. Now, it was almost – Donnie Brown tried to do the same thing to the Titans defense yeah. yesterday. Well, and, and look what it did to Washington, who was terrible on third down, who was yep. terrible in the red zone, who struggled to run the football, and you hit a couple big home run passes to Diami Brown, and they almost stole the game from Tennessee. That is NFL offense nowadays, and the Titans have to find a way uh, to hit explosive plays more frequently. It was good to see a couple of them. Uh, yesterday and hopefully you get a couple of those in the running game all of Derrick Henry's big time runs have been called back so far this year but that's not Robert Woods Kyle Phillips or Austin Hooper it's the guys that aren't healthy and that's the problem yeah now I'm looking at Austin Hooper and I believe uh is his first two years in the NFL he had a long of 44 as a rookie and a long of 88 his second year uh in Atlanta after that, nothing over 40 yards for Austin Hooper over the last five seasons. Uh, so don't ex- exactly expect Austin Hooper to be a big play guy uh, down the field. But Sam, we watched the Titans offense so many times throughout training camp, airing it out. And I don't know, you know, what gave them the, is it just the training camp practice rules of not touching the quarterback that allowed them to have more time to set up these type of throws or or was it just that the Titans D line was just, you know, chilling and, and training camp and not really working that hard because they no, knew they were good. I think it is what you said. I mean, it, it it's easy to have time to run things in training camp when you're not getting hit. Uh, and they were pretty intentional about just doing that. And I think too, it's what I just said, right? During that, they had Racy McMath and Traylon Burks to throw the ball to. You get out back there now, if you don't have somebody who's quick down the field, creating early separation, getting a step or two with a big frame. You don't do it as often. And it's unfortunate because I know Ryan Tannehill wanted to be intentional about pushing the ball down the field entering this season. That was a focal point for him and this offense. And I don't think they have the personnel to do it right now. He hasn't had the time. He doesn't have the receivers that that's a hard combination to make something happen when you're, when you're Ryan Tannehill in that spot. So that's what I do think it is, is the one time that we really saw Ryan Tannehill have time to throw in the pocket. Two times, actually. Once was him extending the play mm-hmm. and the 60-yard completion to NWI. The other time was he actually had a clean pocket because they brought in Hassan Haskins for chip, chip help and pass pro, and he stood back in the pocket, let another one fly to NWI down the field. So when he has time, they're trying to do it. You just have to be able to set something up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, only two opportunities where Carson Wentz was four of five throwing the ball down the field for like 170 yards and two touchdowns. And I um, mentioned the air yards for Carson Wentz ahead of the game. That's been like the MO of Washington thus far is uh, as bad as their offensive line has been. And as many sacks as they have, they don't really care. They're willing to throw it downfield at whatever cost. As a result, they turn the ball over a lot. So that yep. they're reckless with it, but occasionally they hit the home run. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, Shrike says Daly has to go. T-Town Brown says, I don't think they trust this O-line enough to draw up many deep plays. And then top tier brings up 181 yards and one touchdown for Tannehill yesterday. Anybody who just box scores scouts Ryan Tannehill doesn't understand how bad the Titans offensive line is at pass protecting. And so – he had 137 yards last week or two weeks ago against the Colts, 181 yesterday against Washington. But 
the guy just doesn't have anybody to throw to or the time to do it uh, on a consistent basis. And, you know, it's, it's tough to be right. Honestly, it, you know, it's great to be Ryan Tannehill because he's making a crap ton of money this year, but it's a tough time to play as Ryan Tannehill right now because of all the stress that he's under. He got hit 13 times yesterday, Sam. He threw the ball 25 times. Yeah. Now he was hit. sacked five. So there's 30 pass plays, not counting the ones where he ran. He got hurt, thir- hit, hit 13 times. So he got hit on almost 50% of his dropbacks. That's so inexcusable. And it's not like Ryan Tannehill's holding on to the ball too long. These, no, I mean, there are times that it that it has happened, and, and but not that often. That's it's not the, the exception. Problem. It is the exception for sure. Yeah, it's the fact that like somebody gets beat right after the snap, and Tannehill has to throw it away, or he gets swallowed up by two defenders. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it it hurts too when you're having these second half drives that like I mentioned, they're not able to get into the drive and the margin of error becomes, you know, even slimmer, right? So Robert Woods drops a big ball across the sticks would have been a first down. And then all of a sudden you're in a third and long. And what have we said about this Titans offense? They can't play behind the chains. They can't play behind the sticks. They have to stay third and manageable, second and manageable, Take your shot on first down, that's fine, but the offensive line doesn't put them in a position to succeed on third down and nine, third down and eight. So if you're going to run the ball on first down with Derrick Henry, which they seem to like to do an awful lot, then you better hope you're coming with a completion or a big chunk on second down because he doesn't have the time, nor does he have winners in one-on-one matchups to convert on third down. So the margin of error for everybody shrinks a little bit when your offensive line can't hold for pressure. Uh, and that was the the case yesterday. They couldn't really get into offense. They couldn't extend their drives. Tannehill had limited dropbacks and less opportunity for those stats that we were talking about in the box score because they weren't running as many plays. And a lot of that was because a drop pass here, well, a, a missed opportunity there, a missed block there, or a bad penalty, and your drive is killed before it even starts. And now you have to rely on an offensive line to try and block on third and 13 and just hope Ryan Tannehill can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, no, and it hasn't. So the Titans, while they're the, the number one team in scoring in the red zone in the NFL, they just got to get there more often, and they got to be more consistent overall so they can get in the red zone because they do have good red zone Threats. Derrick Henry's phenomenal in the red zone. We know that. Just having Derrick Henry makes everybody else better in the red zone. And Tannehill has been good as well once it's once he's gotten in the red zone too because you know, the touchdown or the near touchdown to Chig was a dart of a throw. Uh, and so you know, there are some good things to build on as they head in to this bye week. Real quick, shout out Canadian Titans fan here on the chat saying it's a Canadian Thanksgiving. So happy uh, Canadian Thanksgiving to Canadian Titans fan. Uh, who's checking in today on this Monday, Sam, let's go ahead and lay down the law who laid down the law for the Titans against the commanders who laid down the law for the Titans against the commanders. And that is presented by Hughes and Coleman injury lawyers. They are the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. And if you've been injured in a car wreck, call them for a free case consultation at 800, 800, 4,600 Hughes and Coleman. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients uh, across the state of Tennessee and in Kentucky. They can do the same for you and go fight for you against those insurance companies because they've got the weapons, they've got the muscle to be able to do that. So check them out. Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers. 
Call for a free case consultation. That's 800-800-4600, Principal Office in Nashville, Tennessee. Today's show is brought to you by BetMGM, and BetMGM.com is giving a free, risk-free $1,000, up to $1,000 rather, bet uh, to anybody going on the app and using promo code ATOZ Sports. That's a risk-free bet on pro football uh, up to $1,000 with the promo code ATOZ Sports. So make sure you get there uh, today, even before Monday Night Football. Get that in. Check out player props. They've got the lines and alt lines and in-game parlays. Whatever you want to do. If you have a favorite player going or you just want to root for a lot of points, like I said, root for the over, the under, whatever it is, go place that bet with promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app. And whatever that bet amount is, as long as it's not over $1,000, it's risk-free. That means if it misses, they give you another chance for that same amount to win that money. So you don't have to worry. It's like two for the price of one, basically. You're placing one bet and you get two tries to hit it. So uh, for those of you that are like, oh, well, the the house always wins. I'm always going to lose. You get two chances. Uh, Go bet against the spread if you really want to. Uh, and you you put yourself in a good spot to win here. So that is promo code ATOZ Sports and betmgm.com, betmgm app for a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. All right, so who laid down the law yesterday for the Titans? I see Jake says Montez Sweat. Yeah, if this was a Washington Commanders segment, uh, then Montez Sweat would definitely be it. But who laid down the law for the Titans uh, yesterday presented by Hughes and Coleman? I'll scroll through uh, the comments here. Uh, I see some Derek Henry uh, lay down the wall. Law Jake says Ryan Stonehouse five weeks in a row. Uh, Adrian says the defensive line. Karen says David Long Jr., Derek Henry, and Stonehouse. Zach Goodman said Danico Autry. Roy saying uh, the defense laid down the law. Uh, Simmons, the law firm of Simmons, Autry, and Long. You got to come up with nicknames now. Uh, let's see. Anyone? Uh, remember Long getting pancaked by Carson Wentz. Yeah, uh, uh, David Long got the last laugh. Carson no, Wentz. I, yeah, I don't remember that. I just remember the interception. That's yeah, what Carson I'm Wentz might have blindsided David Long. Uh, and Carson Wentz might weigh more than David Long Jr. I actually think that's probably accurate. Yeah. Carson yeah, I saw, Wentz you, I saw you had to correct somebody that said uh, Carson Wentz put that head on Danico Autry. And we no, were no, like, no, no. Right, hold on, hold on. No, he did not. No, he did. Big uh, difference there. Yeah, Carson Wentz definitely weighs more than David Long Jr. But David Long Jr. intercepted Carson Wentz to send Carson Wentz back home as an 0-4 against the Titans in his career. Uh, Caleb says Autry just bullied people yesterday. Tiffany says Autry. Steven says Autry coming back after getting hurt. Uh, Jeremy uh, Michael says Henry Tannehill Long. Simmons and Stonehouse. Uh, Sam, who laid down the law for you yesterday? All good answers. Danico certainly did. David Long with the big play. I'm going with King Henry. I'm going with Derrick Henry for laying down the law. He impressed me a lot just with his, he put this offense on his back in the first half with as bad as the pass protection was and all these sacks and all the negative plays. And as much as they couldn't get going in the passing game, when they did get the passing game going, it had a lot to do with Derrick Henry, and he was just running over guys, fighting for first downs, carrying them down the field. He laid down the law, and this is uh, maybe the third straight week now that we've seen him have a really, really big first half, and then not much in the stat column in the second half because the offense just hasn't been out there quite as often. But a huge first half for Derrick Henry again. Uh, 
the last two weeks now, Austin, I think he has began to reannounce himself to the NFL as, hey, remember me? Remember when everybody wrote me off because I hurt my foot in Indianapolis? Remember when I had a slow first two games of the year and everybody started talking about, oh, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor and all these running backs that were better than me? No, I can carry an offense to a win by myself. I can put this offensive line on my back. I can run for 110 and two touchdowns. I can take us to the red zone. I can run over defenders, and I can get the Titans to three straight wins and back into first place. That's what Derrick Henry has done over the past few weeks. So he has been laying down the law week after week, and we got to put some respect back on 22's name. Not that Titans fans aren't. I know everybody respects Derrick Henry, but nationally, football needs to respect 22 a little bit more because what he's been doing, uh, if you're really watching the Titans games, it doesn't pop in the box score, right? He had just over 100 yards, like I said. It wasn't a crazy 200-yard performance. But if you're watching the Titans, Derrick Henry is him. Like, he is the guy. He has been doing it and has stayed doing it, and he's carried the Titans back into first place. Yeah, and after a slow start, because the Buffalo game, he was basically non-existent uh, because of the, the flow of that game. But Derrick Henry, all of a sudden, Back into the top five in the NFL in rushing yards this season. Yeah. Now he's done what else do you a, expect? <laughs> yeah, he's done it with a lot more carries. But, I mean, Nick Chubb is having a phenomenal year. He's averaging over 118 yards a game, nearly 600 yards through five games, and also seven touchdowns. Uh, Derrick Henry's second with five in the NFL. But, you know, Derrick Henry, 104 carries, 408 yards. He's only averaging 3.9 yards a carry. But anybody who watches that sees that he's having to – like, there was a – there was a – a, a two-yard run, a three-yard run on fourth down that Derrick Henry first had. Down to, and, he had yeah. to work so hard to get three freaking yards. And you know, I think Derrick Henry is a good option uh, for laying down the law. But what I've yeah, but, what I've mainly been impressed with too is the like the adaptation of Derrick Henry so far in 2022 to make himself a pass catcher when he knows the Titans have needed it most. That has been a focal point of their offense because, like we've mentioned, they don't have a ton of time in the pocket and they don't have a ton of wide receivers to create separation one-on-one. So Todd Downing is having to get creative of how can I get the ball in my best playmaker's hands in space, and that's through the passing game so far, and that is not part of Derrick Henry's game, has never been part of Derrick Henry's game. And he's been intentional about putting in the work and about changing his mindset of how he views himself as a player to, hey, get me the ball, any way possible. Let me make something happen. I don't care how it's in my hands as long as it's in my hands. And I've been really impressed with Derrick Henry's ability to have success as a pass catcher for the Titans uh, and have as many big plays as he has uh, in, on some of their most important drives. Yeah, so if you look at it, uh, Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, they're not that far away when it comes uh, to total yards overall when it, it, it went to, of yards from scrimmage because Derrick Henry's got 120 uh, receiving yards so far on the season. So uh, laying down the law for you, Sam, you went with Derrick Henry. I- I'm going to go back to Jeffrey Simmons. I-, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute stud. And, you know, he hurt the Titans with the rough in the passer. And while people might think that was a ticky-tack call on Simmons where he hit Carson Wentz in the helmet, technically that's a rough in the passer. You cannot uh, hit the quarterback in the helmet with your hand. I don't care if you're. I don't even know if he hit him in the helmet. He did. Was, he uh... did. He he got him in the in the forehead. Like it, it's like 
you watch it and you see it. And while you might think there was not a lot of force behind it, it doesn't matter. That's the situation. But then like the next play, I think Jeffrey Simmons rage sacked Carson Wentz and thought Carson Wentz was the ref that called rough in the passer on him because he just bulldozed Andrew Norwell, who used to be a pro bowl guard. He just bulldozed him and rode him all the way back into Carson Wentz to get his, you know, half sack of the game. So, so now Jeffrey Simmons has one and a half sacks. The Titans run defense is so good too, because Brian Robinson, great story and everything. Eight carries, 22 yards. That was the leading rusher for Washington yesterday. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons for me laying down the law, it's really going to be hard to not give him that award. Anytime the Titans win the game, just because that's how good he is. Three and a half sacks on the year. The Titans have Rashad Weaver and Danico Autry each with four sacks. So you're getting those three guys up front with Bud Dupree uh, still on the mend and Harold Landry gone for the year. Those three guys have really stepped up. Yeah. I mean, it's been huge to see the, the complimentary football that they have played on that front as well. You mentioned Danico Autry, who had another awesome game was wreaking havoc. He seemed like he was everywhere. And a lot of that is because of his a chemistry with Mario Edwards and two, the amount of attention that Jeffrey Simmons is commanding at all times. Uh, it, it really is, has been nice to see how without Harold Landry and, and losing some of these pieces and it's like, okay, well, Ola was a depth option and he's not out there and Bud's not out there and who's going to step up. The Titans front four has found a way to be game changing and impactful in their own right. And like you said, a huge adjustment on their part in terms of their run defense, which after two weeks we were saying they have to find a way to, to fix this. You know, they've kind of gotten gashed by, they got gashed by Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs had a good game against them. And then now the last two weeks, they have uh, absolutely corrected that and shut down the commander's stable of four running backs and Jonathan Taylor. A lot of that has to do with Jeffrey Simmons. And he has talked to media in the locker room. I loved his quote earlier this past week about, the great ones don't care about the stats. They don't care about the sacks. They don't care about the box score. He's a guy that uh, is aware that his role is to cause problems and command attention and free up everybody else. And he has been willing in that role to say, hey, I might not get the sack, but somebody's going to if I do my job correctly. Uh, and I think that's been really apparent in his play on the field. A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. Zach is out of town in Dallas working with our A to Z Sports Dallas market. Uh, so we've got our Ask Me Anything segment coming up, but I don't have the deck of cards that Zach pulls from. So I just had to go to the internet uh, to see what I could pull out to see what we're going to oh do. Oh, boy. So, so this might, uh, I've got a few different intriguing options that I like. I'm going to make a game time decision on which one we'll talk about. So Ask Me Anything here on this Monday, but real quick. Uh, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. If you're looking for a new ride, make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your car buying process. Go see him in Lebanon. Tell Payne Bohm we said, hey, he's a great guy. He owns Wilson County Hyundai. And him and his team do a fantastic job of making you comfortable and getting you in the right ride for the right situation for you. They're not going to pressure you into anything. They're not going to get you a car that you can afford or that you don't need. They're going to find the right car for you and allow you to pay for it to make uh, that financing the right spot for you. So check them out today, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And today's show is brought to you by BetMGM. Last time we're going to talk about this today. So make sure you listen up here. A risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000 with promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app, right? We got Monday Night Football tonight, Raiders, Chiefs, 
Sounds like a lot of points. Hopefully it's fun. Hopefully the Raiders pull something out, maybe get a little bit better so that the Titans can hang their hat on beating them. Who knows? Should be a fun game between two offensives, two offenses that have some explosive weapons. So if you want to bet on that game, your bet is risk-free up to $1,000 with the promo code ATOZ Sports. Do it before the game tonight. It has to be on pro football. Week five is not over yet. We still have a game that you can bet on tonight. It is eSports here live. Ask me anything on this Monday. Sam, I, I found this website that's really good, uh, and I'm having a hard time. So let's just kind of go rapid fire on this because I think this is fun. Is it uh, you, You're asking me? Yeah, yeah. We're going to go rapid. No, I'm, I'm just asking us questions that we're going to have to figure out the answer. And we'll do a we'll do a maximum of three because I can't make up my mind, which is going to be one of them. So why is there a refrigerator light, but there's no freezer light? That's a good question. Why is there a fridge light, but there's no freezer light? Does anybody have a uh, Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have any I don't even have a response to that. Mark, Mark says, says it, it would, would Mark says it would freeze. But like <laughs> Mark, the outside lights that you have it's colder outside than it is in the No, freezer. okay, people are saying their freezer has a light too. Like I'm seeing a lot of this like your freezer that's attached to your fridge, like I've seen like the like a big freezer that has a light that open like because it's mine, big, mine but like doesn't. Yeah, I've never seen – well, I guess – okay, I do you have one of those freezers that's on top or on bottom? I have like, a top freezer. Okay, so I think this is a new innovation maybe because I also have a top one that does not have a light. But I have seen like those next-gen fridge freezers where the freezer is like the drawer on the bottom that kind of pulls out. I have seen those have a light. And I think my parents has a light and yeah, I, I've yeah, seen yeah. a couple of those. So top I, fr- Okay. So top freezers don't have a light, but why? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The top freezer. I've never seen a top freezer door with a light when you open the door, like a fridge does. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, if you decide to be indecisive, which are you decisive or indecisive? If you're choosing to be indecisive, which are you decisive or indecisive? I think you're decisive. If you choose to be indecisive. Yeah, because like I, I think it overrides it. That's my opinion. That like if I'm indecisive and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be indecisive on this. Th-. Like I don't think you decide to be indecisive. So if I am deciding to be indecisive, then I'm probably just decisive overall. I'm going to confuse myself with talking about this. Yeah. Deshaun says these high questions. Like this is kind of like, I, what, I, what I, I, that's what this segment's about. We're just <laughs> yeah. trying to get, we're just trying to get philosophical with these crazy questions. Uh, yeah. I I'm going to say you're decisive. I think it overrides. If you're decisive about being decisive, then you are just overall decisive. Gotta be. I think you're indecisive. If you choose to be indecisive. Normally, being Normally, this would be cause for us to have a nice debate and ask the chat, but I'm not sure I can handle that. I can't handle that on my brain now, arguing about this, right? <laughs> Stan- Stanley says, uh, you're decisive in your indecision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're decisive first. 
before and yeah, decisive. That's my answer. I don't know. All right. This is something that I, I, I like this question because it is interesting because I have like a spinoff of it because how far East can you travel before you're actually traveling West? Does that make sense? So like here, here this is, I'll ask no, it a it different it, I'm getting this from a website. I'm going to spin it off to a different way. So it's like, we are in Nashville, Tennessee. We're in central time zone. Right. If we continue to travel East, we, the time zones go ahead of us. Right. Right. At some point we circle back around and time is behind us. But you're always traveling East. No, I know, I know. So I'm scrapping that. I'm scrapping that. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm like you, it doesn't matter. You're always going East. Right. You're, You're always going the East same way. So yeah. throw that out. At what point does traveling East swap the times? Does that make sense? What do you mean? The times, the time zones, because if you travel, Oh, it's like you gain an hour, lose an hour type yes, of deal. Because at some point, if you keep going East, you're going to, well, like, it, it would, it would be, I, I don't know what the exact answer is, but it's whenever you are at the 24 hour time mark. So then you just like hop probably over the exact and you gain a day. Yeah. Which is probably at the exact. Yeah. Yes. What, so what, but, the... but it, but it stops gaining a day because it, like the other side of the world, Australia is not a full day ahead of us or like, like it's not a different date. It has to be within a 24 hour constraints because Austin the other side of the world right if you have a globe the other side of the world is directly 12 hours right right so you are you cannot be more than about 12 hours behind another another country but like Hawaii is like six hours behind us right and but Australia is how many hours ahead of us but it can't be more than 12. It can't be more than 12 because it can't be more than 24. Nate says, I'll show you. Nate says, I'll show you 16 hours ahead. Well, then I'm confused. (laughs) That's true. Then I don't know what I'm talking about. And don't listen to me. Yeah. Mason says, I mean, look, it's a great answer. Like you, people are like, wait, that doesn't make sense to me though. You have 24 hours. I'm going to draw something. Hang on. Okay, I'll let you draw. <laughs> Sam's gonna draw up a, a sheet. I gotta figure this out in my head. Yeah, I'm telling quick. you, this is this is something that I've had a conversation like this before. It's at some there's some point the international dateline or whatever where you jump, you go east, but you go backwards in time. Yeah, he says when you cross the international dateline in the Pacific Ocean. I don't know what that means though. So there's an international dateline. But this is what I'm saying. She's Joni says you lose a day. I get you lose a day because time goes back to a time that is the other day. No, when you've traveled to Australia, you jump forward to the next day. Yeah. But when because you go you're to- jumping time, I mean, it'd be like if I flew Italy's like a 10 hour flight. If I flew 10 hours to Italy at 6 p.m., I'm going to get off the plane or it's like, it's seven hours ahead and it's like a 10 hour flight. So I'm going to get off the plane with it being the next day. So Mason says it's, it's uh 1 AM Tuesday in Australia right now. Okay. 
So yeah, it's about 15, 16 hours. That'd be 15 hours, right? Yeah. So, but think about like Hawaii is 16 hours, five hours behind us, four hours behind us. And so right. that's a 20 hours. Hawaii is more than that, right? Is it only four hours? I'm looking it up. I don't know. I, this is, yeah, this is Orlando's right. This is who's on first right here. It's no Hawaii is five hours. It's four twelve. So it's 21 hours difference. Orlando says too, I didn't pay attention to the time zone chapter at the end of the book. This is sad too. Uh, like I pride myself on being a geography guy. Like I really enjoy geography, but time zones apparently just not my thing. I need to do more research on this because I this is putting my brain in a tizzy here. I I, that's why. What. That's why this is the question. It's do you have another one? I feel like no. I need to move on and nope, get this. Okay, so this is it. So that's it. Yeah, my my diagram didn't work out very well here. I it confused me more. So. Does it does this does this help? Did humans invent math or did we discover math? We invented math. How do you discover math? See, that's a dumb question. I think that's a dumb question. That one makes it you obviously we invented math as a way of quantifying things and making sense of like same way did humans invent language or discover language obviously we invented language you had to be like yo this thing's gonna be called an apple but like <laughs> event and eventually somebody was like yo what is this how many of these are this that's two. amanda says that we discovered math you can't discover math it's not like the world like we obviously like invented it to an extent <laughs> Ryan says, absolutely discovered math. Dude, there's no way we discovered math. Andre, Tell me how we, how we, did dis- we, discover, we discover math. We discovered math. Everything around us is a mathematical equation. Correct, but we had to <laughs> invent a- that to quantify it. I'm not <laughs> What do you Tiffany, mean? Discovered math. Uh, LeVar, our bodies are math, so it's no, discovered. No, hang on. I'm jumping LeVar. We discovered math. It would exist without us. How, William? Nobody. If nobody's doing three plus three, three plus three does not solve itself. Somebody has to solve it. The ideas of uh, math. Sam, you're wrong, dude. Everybody is saying that that we discovered math. They're, they're not getting what I'm saying. Obviously, like things like the general ideas of math are true (laughs) humans invented numbers and math as a way of quantifying the things that are true i just think this i we were gonna end on something other than the time zones so you could like calm but this just got you so up in arms well I, i i don't know what's math's true definition that's the real question jarell because i view it as Obviously, there are things in the world like the equation of gravity, for example, like there is a formula for gravity, the rate at which things fall. Correct? Yes, that is correct regardless. And if we're not here, that equation still exists. But we did not just discover that equation. We had to do the it it already existed. I I reject that thought. How is that? (laughs) Like somebody had to be like, yo, this thing takes so long to fall and this thing takes so long to fall and then piece together a way of quantifying numbers and times. And those like that was human calculation that we didn't just stumble upon those things. Uh, (laughs) 
you, how do you feel? Do you, are you glad that I asked another question, or or do you wish we would not ask the math question? No, because I, I feel really, I feel even stronger about this one, Orlando. Who invented numbers? If we invented math, I think we invented numbers, like the same way we invented words and languages and how to write and all these things. Like somebody had to. Sam going to Google after this to explain that math already exists. Yeah, we'll see. I, 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 w- I will be going to Google after the hearing. Yeah. Zach says Where Einstein had to create the equations to explain that math exists. Thank you. Where, where is that? No, Put the no, pin no, that. no. Einstein had to create equations to explain that math existed because right, Einstein he discovered see, me, creating the equations is creating the math. Like oh. that is ma- equations are math theories that he explained theories. He explained <laughs> nature through quantified equations of numbers that is the math i don't know I'll, do you feel yeah. how do you feel right now i don't know we'll see well it probably depends what google what i find on google later because right, i right. will sam, come with receipts but sam, i don't we'll if see. i come with receipts i was right if i say nothing i was wrong and we're not going to talk about it all right there you go we'll see yeah. you on, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow on tuesday uh, A to Z Sports, great show today. Uh, Buck Rising live tomorrow or live tonight. A to Z Sports primetime. And Sam, you're about to head to the Mike Rabel press conference later on today before the Titans officially have the bye week. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and check us out because we've got tons of content from post game locker room yesterday from Buck up in Washington uh, and more live shows and reaction throughout the week. So we'll see you guys tomorrow on a Tuesday. Appreciate it as always.